Hello and welcome back to another episode of Dave Stefano Talks, Talking Scottish Football, and this is episode number 22. On the show with me today, uh, he's becoming somewhat of a, a regular, we, we like having him around. Someone mentioned to me last week on some comments for the, the show, they said that Adam was a Rangers sympathising Hearts fan. Adam, I'm going to give you the opportunity as I introduce you to, to defend yourself, you, you have 15 seconds. Absolute nonsense to try and keep my neutrality apart from the fact that you dropped that I was a Hearts fan. But yeah, delighted to be a regular now, as you put it, mate. So thanks for having me on. No, pleasure to have you on, mate. Also on the podcast with us today is none other than our Spanish correspondent, is how I like to call him, Mark Cunningham. Mark, how you doing? All right, Stefan, how you doing, mate? Uh, aye, good, not bad, mate. Uh, ready to... Uh, another interesting week in uh, Scottish football is always, always topping points as usual and yeah, ready to go and uh, as you know, I won't hide my allegiances I've been a Celtic fan either, anybody that follows me on Twitter will see the shrine that I've got to Celtic on there anyway, so there's no need for uh, any, the total honesties with me as well, open book as they say. A, a very open book. No, that's good, glad to have you here boys. Obviously last week we covered the, the final Scottish Premiership games um, and we only have one other game really to, to cover for, for the rest of, of the season, which is the Scottish Cup final between St Johnston and Hibernian. Um, going into the match, Adam, what did you think of the game? How did you think it was going to go? I was pretty confident that Hibs would go on and win it, to be honest. I think there was that stat, wasn't there, that St Johnston were something of a bogey team for Hibs. I think they'd, they'd kept something like three consecutive clean sheets against them, so... I just felt as though something sort of had to give um, and that ultimately I think Hibs probably needed it more. I know that sounds daft with having finished third, but I just feel St Johnston had nothing really to prove having won the League Cup already and potentially could have caved into that pressure of going on to clinch the double. But obviously, as we saw on Saturday afternoon, that wasn't the case. And what about yourself, Mark, going into the game, St Johnston versus Hibs? Who did you think was going to win and, and how did you see it unfolding? Well, before the game, Stefan, I actually must admit that I think that I thought that um, that, that Hibs were going to take it. I thought with the, uh, the strong finish for third in the league, I thought they would have been really looking to, really looking to take away, now, if you really looking to take away the old saying of the the that kind of idea, looking to prove everyone wrong. A season where both Celtic and Rangers have failed to get to both cup finals, then they would be basically looking to be, well, let's go and assert ourselves a strong third finish. Let's go and put ourselves as the third best team in Scotland by winning the Scottish Cup. And I'm afraid to say again that they did really hibs it. They did not play well at all yesterday, hibs. They were very, very shocking. And fair, fair play to St Johnston, who have secured a cup double a very 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 strong cup double yep looking looking at the game uh sean rooney scored the the only goal of the game which ultimately gave st johnston the the scottish cup fun fact he scored in the 32nd minute in the scottish cup final but he also scored in the 32nd minute of the league cup final um but where again uh st johnston obviously won how how bizarre is that? Is that not just peak Scottish football where, where things like that happen? Uh, do you know what? Uh, well, at least at least we now know one of Sean Rooney's lottery numbers. That's for certain. <laughs> That'll be. That's not his lottery ticket. I don't know what is. Um, no, it is really just a bizarre thing. It's one of the things that you just say is um, really uh, not the old meant to be or cliche or whatever, but no. Um, 
30, 30 to 32 minutes. Just a wee fun fact uh, from Scottish football. But uh, I'm really, again, um, a very, very good performance. Even out with the goal, I thought Sean Rooney had another very, very good game yesterday for St Johnston. And uh, he could be looking at a, a move to a bigger club this summer. I'd watch that, watch that space with him. Okay. Um, how, what did you think of the game overall, Adam? You, you know, you, you spoke about how you thought the game would go. How, how did you actually? What, what was your thoughts on the actual game? I thought Hibs were very poor. Um, I think early in the first half, the the Jackson Irvin chance was was the big one. I think Christian Dodge headed one straight at Xander Clark, but other than that, any potential sort of threat was nullified. I thought that Martin Boyle barely took Callum Booth on at all and Hibs are probably looking on him to go and try and win the game for them. Um, Kevin Nisbet and Christian Doidge, we obviously know about sort of their accolades throughout the season, um, the the threat that they pose, but they were just so isolated and considering that those three are Hibs's main threat, all it took was Saints to keep them as quiet as they could and ultimately they won the game from it. I just... What I can't understand when watching it is why Hibs always look to go long because everybody talks about sort of the, the three St. Johnston centre-halves and rightly so, yet these long balls up to Jason Kerr, Liam Gordon, Jamie McCart, you know, it's food and drink to them mm-hmm. playing it high, up high in the air because they nod everything away. Um, I just feel as though if Hibs had kept it on the deck more often than not, then it could have been a greater spectacle and eventually they probably would have carved out opportunities given the quality that they've got in their side. Um, but, I mean, it was all about Sean Rooney, wasn't it? His, his rise is ridiculous. I mean, it's a it's a ridiculous first season when you consider that at the start he was being kept out by the Millwall loanee Danny McNamara and he gets recalled to Millwall. Rooney goes on to make that right wing back berth his own and he just appears to have everything. He's big, he's strong, he's not slow, got an aerial presence and... I love the stat that I saw on Twitter. I think he's the first non-old firm player, the fifth in total, to score in both a League Cup and Scottish Cup final in the same season, uh, alongside Henrik Larsson, Barry Ferguson, Chris Boyd and Tom Rogic. That's an unbelievable stat. Yeah, it is. It's certainly for a player from, from St Johnston. You know, you, you mentioned that he, he was being held out by, by McNamara. It's sort of almost as if the stars have aligned for Sean Rooney because he, he was then able to play in the Scottish League Cup final, the Scottish Cup final, win both, and he's even been touted for for a call-up to the, the Scotland national team. It seems to have been a, a meteoric rise for him. Um, Mark, well, let's just touch on, on Rooney for a second. What's your thoughts on the, the lad? It's the same the same way as Adam said there and yourself there, Stefan. It's the, I'm running out of adjectives to describe his rise, to be honest. Uh, what's stratospheric, honestly, it really, really is. He's, uh, it's just the rise, and as you say, with the loanee Mac- McNamara coming, they always say in football, it's a lot of times you get your, um, you're just when your chance comes, and if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, and then his chances just came, and by God, he's took it, he's took it with both hands. He's uh, surely got now got to go down in St Johnston folklore. Let, let's move on to, to the other side of the, the final. Um, did Hibs let themselves down with a sort of timid performance? No, I thought that the uh, the Hibs performance at the weekend, I thought it was very, very, very poor. I thought that um, they were very slow. And again, as I said at the start in the sort of introduction, with Celtic and Rangers not really, not being strong at all really in the Cups this season, it was their chance to secure themselves and 
go and make a statement and basically they never they, they didn't do it at all. I thought that the strikers were very, very quiet. It was actually one of the times, I don't know about yourself, Adam and Stefan, that during the game, I actually forgot Christian Deutsch was playing at one point. I think he didn't touch the ball for that long. It's not you get that one where you, you touch, the commentator mentions me, you go, oh, he's actually playing. That way that he'd never touched the ball at all. And like you said, Adam, that the tactics of the second half basically... It's, we're basically just to, to punt, punt the ball into the box and see if we can get something on the end of it. And that's useful in the last maybe two two or three minutes, like when you're going for it. That's understandable, maybe getting into injury time. But not for basically the majority of, of, the, of the second half, especially for the fact that St Johnston's centre-backs, as you said, Adam, that's basic, basic centre-half defending. Defending a long, not even a diagonal ball, a long straight ball from centre-back to try and look for Christian Dodge up front. Um, I thought Kevin Nisbet was quite quiet as well um, up there as well not his not his best game either and Martin Boyle was at it again when he's diving I remember Stefan if you remember correctly I uh, I, com- I compared one of his dives against Celtic and they got a, a, another one against Rangers and they got a 9.7 out of 10 for it I think it's the fact of the matter is he dived again at the weekend and then actually the, the look in his face was that he knew he basically tried to Con the referee into giving him into giving him a penalty, and which again was an absolute was an absolute joke. It was an absolute that was terrible, another terrible dive. And I don't want to feel like I'm picking on him, but I feel as if it's a, a topic that's been coming up with Martin Boyle for the last the, the last few seasons. Let Let's touch on it then for a second. Martin Boyle, ridiculously good player for Hibernian. Um, he he makes a lot of assists. He contributes to to a lot of goals. From a fan's perspective, how frustrating is it that a player as good as Martin Boyle resorts to diving, Adam? Very, because like you say, he's, he's a talented boy. Um, and I think, you know, it, it, I think it just reeks of desperation at that stage. And ultimately, Hibbs's tactics probably did in the sense that they're chucking the kitchen sink when it's not really necessary. You know, they concede after, what, half an hour. So they've still got an hour to get back into the game, continue to do what they're doing. And try and carve out chances, but it just it didn't seem that way at all. It just seemed so desperate. And I don't know whether that's the pressure with sort of the fact that they're odds on favourites to, to go on and, and lift the, the trophy at Hamden, whether it's to somewhat salvage their season because some might not be happy with solely third, despite the fact that it's their first top three finish, I think, in 16 years, and that the cup would ultimately be sort of the, the icing on the top of the cake, if you like. I really don't know what it is with Hibs. I think it just it has to be something mental when it comes to playing at Hamden Park because for the, for as long as I can remember, the recent record bar the 2016 final really mm-hmm. isn't all that impressive. Just touching on Boyle for, for one more second. See, if you're a Hibs fan, how angry are you, are you going to get at, at Boyle for... For diving because it is now a reputation that referees will look at and see him when he goes down in the box or near near enough the box they now have a decision to think is he conning me or is that a foul and they only have a split second to make it how how frustrating is that when Hibs are, are needing a goal and, and he you know throws himself to the deck how, how frustrating is it is it for them um mark it's like it's it's like the boy that cried wolf in it stefan really it's like of the old the old story, the amount of times that he's at it, and then the one time he probably maybe does in a close decision, maybe gets just nicked, and it probably is a penalty. 
a referee will have that in the back of his mind, especially with a scenario maybe 85 minutes to go, one each, Hibs need to win, or even if they're behind, they need to get a draw. A referee might, I might look at it, and the referee might will inevitably get criticised for getting the decision wrong. But if you are looking at it from that sort of point of view, if you want to play devil's advocate for the referee, then you really have to think that Martin Boyle has built this reputation. I would compare it to honestly, mate, to the, the boy that the boy who cried wolf. Yep. No, I, I, I think you make a, a really valid point there, uh, Mark. If I'm if I'm being totally honest with you, it is uh, the boy who who cried wolf. And that's not a reputation that, that Hibs uh, fans, Hibs players, Hibs management will want. It's it's just not a reputation that, that any of them will, will want. Um, obviously a massive achievement for St, St. Johnston. We've, we've spoke about how the, they've won the cup double. But for Callum Davidson, surely he is St. Johnston's most legendary manager. Surely he is now in Saints folklore, Adam. Oh, without a doubt. I think... If you consider that Tommy Wright was the only man to have guided St Johnston to a major honour prior to Callum Davidson's appointment, then you'd have to say that he is. Um, I mean, everybody's said it, and they've got every right to say it, but why the Manager of the Year award has been dished out already is an embarrassment. Um, when when I look at it, I, I shouldn't really do this, but I'm sort of comparing St Johnston to Leicester, sort of a, a club that hasn't been used to success, they're experiencing it in, in recent years. And I just think that both boards make shrewd signings. They recruit well. You know, they're reaping the rewards for doing so, seeing their club challenge for and ultimately winning silverware. Yep. Um, I think uh, even sort of going further on that, Nigel Pearson built the majority of the team that Claudio Ranieri wins the Premier League with. Mm-hmm. And you could arguably say that Tommy Wright has laid the foundations for Callum Davidson to elevate the Saints side to the next level. I think that's a great analogy. Um, Mark, what what were were yourself? They're the second most successful Scottish team in the decade. And that's not me being Mr. Bitter Celtic fan trying to wind Rangers fans up. That's fact. Um, That's what they are. Apart from Celtic, they are now the second most successful team. They've won the the second most amount of trophies in the decade than anybody else. Um, Callum Davidson has honestly... and a lot of people were saying at the start of the season when he was just implementing his style, oh, well, it worked, well, it worked. But the St. Johnston players stuck by him. They have stuck by him and they're now reaping the rewards. Honestly, it's, it's, it's just the season's just been absolutely fantastic for St. Johnston and Callum Davidson. And he now really does have to go down as um, a, St. A, St. Johnston, a St. Johnston legend because um, he's basically doubled what Tommy Wright did as well. I mean, Tommy Wright winning it for St. Johnston, winning the cup for St. Johnston was absolutely fantastic. Callum Davidson's just blew that achievement right out of the water. And I'm not saying it's a bad, it's a great achievement. Winning it, winning any silverware as a manager is amazing. But Callum Davidson has just took that to a whole new level. In an era of football uh, under COVID, football has been off its head, right? You look at France, Lille are challenging to possibly dethrone PSG. Italy, Inter Milan have have dethroned Juventus. In a season of football where things have happened that you wouldn't normally see, 
St Johnston winning a cup double in Scotland is right up there because it's only the third time in history that it's happened and the last time that it happened wasn't for 30 years so it's just been a bizarre season but one that Saints fans will will, will be absolutely grateful for Let, let's shift back over to, to Hibs for a second Jack Ross is he now down and out should Hibs be looking somewhere else Adam I, I really don't know because I understand Hibs's fans frustrations with calling for Jack Ross's exit I think if we're being honest, they've finished above an Aberdeen team that couldn't score for ages in the league. I mean, it got to the stage where you were starting to refer to them as Aberdeen nil. So St Johnston and Livingston's remarkable runs either came or ended too early. So we can say that Hibs have been consistent in the league, but if we're honest, they probably should finish there this season given their resources, their budget and what have you. But in the Cups... I mean, neither old firm side has been present in either semi-final this season. They lost to a championship side in the form of Hearts, where they were massive favourites in last season's competition. So that's three Hamden defeats inside eight months. And I know that the Hearts one's a derby, so anything can happen. And Hibs, you know, <laughs> Hibs, it's just, it's just a case of perhaps not turning up on the day like they did again at the weekend, but they were the largest club left at the semi-final stage of both the season's cup competitions and have lost to St. Johnston without scoring against them. So you can have your day, you know, once, but the fact that it's came three times quickly in succession, I think questions need to begin being asked. Mark, what about yourself? I'm going to, I'm not disagreeing with what Adam said. I'm, I actually do. I'd see where you're coming from, but I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a, um, a, a different sort of, spin on this I'm going to set, set the scene for everyone a wee bit here I'm going to ask you to think of Man United right Man United when Ollie, when Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer come in Roy Keane on Sky Sports on the pun, in the punditry consistently was saying give Ollie time give Ollie time give Ollie time now look at the season Man United have had potentially could go and lift the Europa League against Real on Wednesday a strong finish to basically uh, the oil money club Man City who basically could put two teams out and win the Premier League I just think that I agree with what Adam says that they were the biggest club left in, in the cup competitions they really should have been expecting to go on and progress but I just think that keep Jack Ross I don't, I'm not a big fan of just whipping and changing managers willy-nilly people need to be given time to settle down and try and get their everything proper I'm not the biggest fan, unless it's catastrophic, unless it's like the standards that Celtic have had this season, then I think that maybe you should be sitting by and, and maybe giving a bit, of, a, bit of time, a bit of time as well. I'm going to use Callum Davidson as a slight example here as well. As, as I said before in mine, in my, my, my previous comments, that people could have started piling a lot of pressure on that guy at the start of the season because they didn't get off to the best ever start St Johnston. And a lot yep. of people saying the new guy coming in, blah, blah, whatever. But then, look what he's done. He's just went and won two cups. I, I'm a very big believer in time when it comes to football. Uh, with, with certain managers, Celtic and Rangers are different because if you don't win the league, you're a failure. But that's just a dynamic of the old firm derby. And for me, uh, with, the, with the, the manager situation and agreeing actually with what Adam said about the, the awards being given to been given out again not me trying to have a go at Rangers fans but it been given to Steven Gerrard over Callum Davidson I believe that he that Callum Davidson should have been it should have at least waited to after the Scottish Cup final to then be decided I think a few of the other writers would have had a different opinion the fact that, you, that we give out end of season awards before the end of the season really some Scottish football up anyway but overall I feel as if that um, we should 
I think really that he should be given at least another, at least to next Christmas to see what happens. If we come to next Christmas and Hibs aren't in the top six, then I would maybe be on the bandwagon of Jack Ross should maybe be looking for a change. I think you make a great point. Um, listen, I'm, I'm not going to go into this one in detail. i just seen that Saints' European adventure might not be as easy as originally planned. I think they were due to go into the playoffs um, and they, of the Europa League and then guaranteed at least Conference League football. That's now, I think they're they're now in the Europa League third round. So if they get knocked out, I think they have to enter the, the Europa League Conference playoff. I'm, I'm not sure how it all works, but yeah, it's not as easy as we, we originally thought. Uh, listen, th- that was a uh, that was a really good discussion that we had um, on the Scottish Cup final. Um, you know, I think St. Johnson were deserved winners myself. Uh, you look at the goal that they scored and then the way that they've seen it out. I know that there was a penalty in that game. We spoke off air. Both of you guys said that it, it was a penalty, yeah? Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Let's let's move on then. That that Scottish football uh, domestically finished for the for the season. We we don't kick off until till early August. Uh, let let's look ahead to another aspect of Scottish football, and let's look ahead to the the Euros because Scotland, for the first time in twenty two years, are in a major tournament. I have to say, every time I talk about Scotland being in the Euros, I have to mention twenty two years. It's just it's something that rolls off the tongue so easily now. Um. The team was released last Wednesday. A couple of picks in there that I, I personally wouldn't have gone with. Um, Adam, let's go for it. Thoughts on the team? I, I, I'm happy with the squad. I think that the majority of picks are are justified. Um, what I would say is that including three uncapped players is brave. Um, and, you know, I, I'm aware that that's perhaps the case due to the increased squad size and that they perhaps won't feature, but I like the fact that Steve Clark appears to sort of be looking to the future as well as the present. Um, if, if we're being honest, though, perhaps some of the St. Johnston squad might feel somewhat aggrieved, uh, some of the defensive unit in particular. Mm. Um, Mark, do you agree with that? You, what would you say? Should Skips be aggrieved a little bit? Yeah, you maybe look at your Snooker Sean Rooney could maybe be a, a bit um, aggrieved, especially being the cup final hero twice, but no, what I will say, to be honest, see when the squad came out on Tuesday, I was actually got a, I was quite buzzing when I seen, when I when I when I saw the squad on Tuesday because uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever it came out last week, because I was very, I was just really really excited when I we've got really one of the best squads we could have, we could have picked out of what we've got for by injuries and to keep all of McBurney as far away from a Scotland squad as possible was good anyway. Um, but I love how you came actually, on here earlier and you said uh, I'm not one for for sticking the boot into players when you were talking about Martin Boyle, but there you have you stuck it. the boot right into Ollie McBurney. No wonder. Um, anyway, if you if honestly if you watched him for Scotland, you'd play yourself. Anyway, um, like, the thing the thing about it is, mate, is I think that I've I, I've seen a couple of things on Twitter about Josh Doy for Hibs. And I actually think that Josh Doig has had a very, very good season and I really do understand where people are coming from with him. I know he got out-jumped for Sean Rooney's goal at the weekend, but I actually think he had a decent game in the cup final. I thought he, he would look really lively. He does. And there's been a lot of talk that he could be moving all on from Hibs at the end of this season as well. He might be one, but as I have it here, basically, the, the goalkeepers pick themselves with Gordon Marshall and McLaughlin. Then your defenders, you've Good, good to see, even as a Celtic man, it's great to see Nathan Patterson included really 
good to get Young there. You've Tierney Robertson, your usual. Then in the centre, you're covered by Cooper, who's had another great season for Leeds again. Uh, Jack Hendry seems to have a good have a good season at Austin as well. So that'll be interesting. It's good that he's been included. And obviously Declan Gallagher there as well. You've got Tierney and Robertson. And then your midfield's great as well. So happy, so happy to see David Tumble included. Um, and uh, there as well, along with the usual faces, McGinn, Armstrong, McGregor, Billy Gilmore as well. So happy. Jo- uh, John Fleck and Scott McTominay, again, great players to be included, McTominay in particular. And then your your for- your forwards as well. No matter how bad Kevin Nisbet played yesterday, still deserves to be there alongside Christie, Forrest, Fraser, Adams and uh, Lyndon Dykes as well. So I'm quite happy, mate. Let's let's look towards the, the starting eleven then. So, who for you, Adam? Just quickly run off your your starting eleven. Um, provided that he sticks with the sort of three five two or five three two or whatever you want mm-hmm. to call it, um, he'll choose Marshall. But I'm going Gordon in goal, mm-hmm. back three slash five of Stephen O'Donnell, Scott McTominay, Liam Cooper, Kieran Tierney, and Andy Robertson. Midfield trio of John McGinn, Callum McGregor, and Stuart Armstrong with Che Adams and Lyndon Dykes up front for me. Okay. Mark, yourself? Uh, would you like what I would do or do you want what I think will happen? Because what I think oh, will I happen don't... differs from what um differs from what I would like to happen. No, let, let's go for what you would do. What I would do, right? Well, I know Gordon Adam has had a great season for Hearts. I know massive, you're obviously a massive Hearts fan as well. I still think that Davy Marshall deserves to play in goals in front of everybody. The, the hero, the hero in Serbia. So I would have him. Uh, I would still stick with O'Donnell just now. Uh, I would have uh, Tierney will definitely play at centre back. Uh, I would actually put Liam Cooper in as well. I really, really like Liam Cooper. Uh, I'd have him at centre-back. I'd also have Declan Gallagher as well. And I would have uh, Andy Robertson at, at the left, at left wing-back as well. So that's going to be three. I actually think he's going to play three, sort of three, five, uh, like three, five, one, one. So you're going to actually have four in midfield with uh, one up front and one up top. So I definitely think that uh, my midfield would be McTominay has to play in midfield at the sort of, we're looking at a diamond sort of formation, a sort of tip just in front of the the, 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 the defence. Then I think you'll have uh, John McGinn, uh, Armstrong, and probably what who I would start, actually. I would start McGregor, Armstrong, and McGinn in midfield. Uh, and I think that, to be honest, although I would start Shea Adams up front, I think that Lyndon Dykes will start up front, but I would start Adams up front. But I think that I think Dykes will play, because Clark mentioned in his press conference, I need to keep. I like to keep keep the nucleus of the team. That's you basically saying that your starting eleven is going to be very, very similar to what mm-hmm. we had in in Serbia. And I would also be looking to see how well and how well that Billy Gilmore can get himself in and training and, and the rest of it because I'd certainly be looking to get him in, included on as a sub, definitely as we can. The only reason I wouldn't start him and I wouldn't start Patterson is because they haven't played as many games this season as people in front of them. I mean, you've got. McTominay, like the likes of McTominay, McGinn, and Armstrong in midfield to our Premier League regulars. But Billy Gilmore has played a few games for Chelsea, but you've he's obviously been kept out of team by the likes of like Cantage, Jorginho, etc. Like, you know that have all been there as well. Yeah, 
I think for me, um, David Marshall is a cert to, to be in goal, and that's who I would pick. Uh, I'm going to follow Adam's route of uh, back five slash back three of O'Donnell, his right wing back, McTominay, Tierney, and I'm going to say Liam Cooper in defence, and I'm going to say, obviously, Andy Robertson would be at left back. For the midfield, I would have... I'd have McGregor, I would have McGinn, and I would have Armstrong. I'm going to say Nisbet and Adams. Uh, I oh. like Lyndon Dykes, big fan of the boy, I think he's great. Ooh, he's, I like he's, he's, he's tremendous in the air, he is able to hold players off, his strength is unbelievable. I love him, however, I think when you're coming up against sides like the Czech Republic, England and Croatia... As much as I think Lyndon Dykes can bully the defence and maybe have either Nisbet or Adams running off him, I think that would be great. I would, maybe against the Czechs, like to see Nisbet and, and Adams go for it. Two fast, pacey players. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go for that. But definitely against England, get big Lyndon Dykes up there to bully whoever the centre-back is, because I know Harry Maguire. Aye. Aye. Um, exactly. It'll be John. It'll be John Stones. It'll be John Stones and An other whoever they decide to put in. That will find out. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. It depends when they name their squad tomorrow. But mm. I'd fancy my chances with. Um. I've, I've obviously John Stones. John Stones. Right. And now this is. Uh, this I know we're talking Scottish football and I know we're wanting, but, but England. England are relevant now because they're in our group. Yeah. I think for me, for them, that John Stones. Has had a very very good season, but you need to remember the team that he's playing in. I mean, he's got the player that he's got basically the player of the season, Ruben Diaz, playing beside him. Yeah. So, I'd like to see how he copes in a team where he's not necessarily got. I'm talking about defensively, maybe beside him the same sort of level because there's no yeah. doubt that England going forward are very very good. But I'd like to see how he copes and and uh, with us as well. But a lot of people need to remember, and I've I've been in Spain. And being here would be very advantageous to get to speak to a lot of people from a lot of different places. And a lot of the English boys, when they're having the discussion, they've actually been quite level-headed, to be fair to them, all, all my friends that are English. And one thing I've been saying to them is, and we know this from recent experience, the Czechs are a hell of a hell of a good side. Yeah, They, they, they were very good at handing against us. And Croatia, well, Croatia are, are very, very good as well, mate. So we well, need to... I hate all and I hate all this headlines that oh it's all about Scotland and England this group. This group's not all about Scotland and England. Scotland and England could go out and get beat their first game respectively off of the other two teams, and then the basically the game at Wembley would need to be a must win game for both teams. Yeah, it's as, it's as if a lot, and it's not as much the Scottish press; it's more the English press. Yeah, are we'll kind of just disregarding. Well, they usually do that anyway. They just disregard mm. the other two teams, and it's not. It's not the fans' fault. It's the press. The press are the ones that put the pressure on the players. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with that. I'll come on and touch on that in a second. Um, listen, we're talking about this group isn't just Scotland and England. Let's talk about can Scotland pull off the impossible? Can they possibly win against the Czechs? Could they then go on and win against England and then draw with Croatia? That's my romantic view of, of how Scotland could qualify, but ca- is it is it realistically possible? Can Scotland escape this group? In answer to your question, I would say that yes, we can. Whether we will or not, I'm not really all that bothered. And I know that that might sound quite you know defeatist, but yeah. I think to see us there is progress. I'm happy because 
we'll adopt an underdog mentality. We'll look yep. to nick goals, points here and there. But I think, if I'm being honest, I won't be left disappointed by the campaign no matter what happens because we're finally there. And that might seem a bit happy-clappy, but it's it's true. We've, I mean, we've waited so long. You've said over 20 years, there's been an entire generation that's missed out yep. on it. So we're there. We can afford to be, you know, quietly confident, but anything else is, is a bonus for me. Listen, I think, you I, make, think... I think you make the great point um, is Scotland have qualified for the tournament the first time in, in 22 years. If Scotland go there and give a fight and, and get three points, get four points, whatever, see if they go and make a good account of themselves, I'll be happy. But I am just beyond elated that, that we are actually part of the big time. We are actually here. And um, I, I, I'm in the same camp as you, Adam. Um, it doesn't... To me, it doesn't matter what happens. Obviously, you want Scotland to win. You want them to go through. But listen, for the moment, I'm I'm happy to be here. Uh, there was a, there was an advert on the Spanish radio the other night, and it was for Panini for the stickers. Yeah. And the woman, the, the woman that was doing it live, it was a live advert. It's weird the way they do it in Spain. They do live adverts. She opened the packet of stickers. She took Trent Alexander Arnold come out, and a few come out, and then Andy Robertson was the last one that came out. Mm. Uh, that's a wee bit of feeling of pride that they've been number amongst the big boys. Look, see what I, that was obviously just a little side note anyway. Do you know, but see what um, you were saying, Adam, about the us maybe feeling, oh, just being happy being there. I think it's going to all depend on what account. Stefan's right with the account. See if we go there and we're, and we're, we're shocking. We're probably, we're probably going to maybe turn around and say, I'm maybe not as happy as I thought I would be. Now, if we go there and play well, and maybe don't qualify. Now you need to remember that the third team and the third team can also go through depending on like, the best place to finish third sort of thing. Uh, that that's a thing as well in this Euros. Um where somehow the third place can go through in the group. Uh, I was having a look at the format the other day. Um it's weird how it works, and please don't ask me how it works. Let me know you get in the next round in that. I know hi. Very good. <laughs> but you know what I mean, mate? I was <laughs> So I'm sure there is, I'm sure there's a way, honestly, I'm 99% sure that there's a way that uh, the third place team can actually get through. No, um, there is, because right, I've read I the same thing. Is it, is it the four best, I think, is that? Aye, the four, Aye. Best, the yeah. four best place third. It's like, it's like the league, it's like the league cup in it in Scotland, where they say, like, the four second place, like, the, the four best placed seconds go through. So... In it because the four European, the eight group winners go through, the four European teams that don't play in the first round of the League Cup are there, and then the four second best place ones go through as well. Like the, the League Cup in Scotland, like the early rounds. Mm. It's kind of the same way as that, isn't it? Just yeah. obviously like, amplified a wee bit. I want to quickly touch on this. Um, you mentioned the English press a couple of minutes ago, Mark, and you make a great point because mm-hmm. earlier on this week they came out and they, they sort of had uh, extravagant headlines of Och I the Who, obviously off a, a famous Scottish saying, uh, as if mm-hmm. questioning who the Scotland players were. Uh, I, I don't get this 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 mentality from, from the English press because we need to remember the English press have been sort of starved of any success with England for the past 50 years you know they've... since 1966 yeah since 19 the thing, that, the thing that every the thing that Clive Tilsley can't leave alone in ITV every single England game he commentates on I know he's been taken away off number one commentary he can't help mention 1966 every game 
I, I, it's just it's one thing that that it's a bugbear of mine is they act as if England are, are are a great team and don't get me wrong they have great players but you know realistically they haven't won anything in a very long time whereas teams like France, Germany, Italy, Brazil, um, all all have uh, Spain throw them into the mix all have won mm-hmm. uh, the World Cup or or the Euros at at some stage in uh, since 1966 so it is laughable and okay we we know that Scottish players perhaps aren't at the same level as the English players but it's it's almost it's they have a superiority complex and and I just I just don't get it I don't I don't know about yourselves I don't know where it comes from it because you're right that 1966 is the last time that they won anything I mean, Celtic won the champion. Celtic won the Champions League the next year, nineteen sixty-seven. Yes, we go on about it all the time, but if you want to be, if you want to be that that way about it, then they can't. They and they they've slated. The, the reason I'm saying that they've slated Celtic for going on about that for so long. Yet they can't stop going on about going on about nineteen sixty-six. Mm. I mean, I don't know what their problem is, and this is where I feel sorry for some of the players. I'm going to use a player as an example. Jaden Sancho, right? Now, mm. Sancho's had a lot of pressure put on him because, oh, he's our German boy. Look at him playing in Dortmund. Look at this. Look at that. That young guy must be reading the thing going, I can't play bad here. If I play bad, I'm going to get the blame. How Aye. many times can they go away from a major tournament? Now, I'm not saying it's only the English players that do this. France have got one of the worst. France have got one of the most critical newspapers in the world. Like, keep. They slaughter the, Fran- the French team, right? Mm. But, it comes from all angles in England. It's as if they just hype themselves up. I mean, the night, the, the the last World Cup, they already the street the street parades were planned in the quarterfinals. As soon as they as soon as they knocked Colombia out in penalties, the street parades were planned. Oh, where are we going to? Where are we celebrating today? The timetables for parties were all thing. They still yeah. they still had a potential three games to play. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say this: if England would have got to the final against France, I think France would have hit them for five or six. They would have hammered them. I actually think it's a blessing in disguise that that, um, that Croatia put England out in the semi-final because I think that France, I think France would give anyone a, the game. Yes. Although I four two flattered basically Croatia, France gave them a doing that day. What but, about yourself, Adam? What, honestly, what do you think? No, I, I, I totally echo those those thoughts. It, it genuinely is pretty tragic. Um, I mean, you've mentioned obviously the Okai the Who. I, I like the kickoff as well, but that clip of Rory Jennings is doing the rounds as well, isn't it? Yeah. Where, despite, you know, previously being in a video where he was somewhat respectful to Rangers and the Scottish Premiership, he's essentially undone all of that with his comments regarding the national team. He's talking about England playing Scotland, so they should be looking to score six or seven. That would be the same England that scraped past Tunisia in the last World Cup and managed to nick a last gasp draw in their last meeting with Scotland. You know, what? one of my biggest pet hates in football is players coming out in the press acting all cocky. For the majority of time, it only ends one way. So we've got to hope that it ends similarly for England at the Euros. In that case, Adam, I hope that the English press for the next two weeks are calling us for everything. I hope we go down to Wembley and turn them over. I really, really do. Because it just infuriates me as a Scotland fan and as a Scottish person. I mean, it's the one thing that can unite us all. No matter if you support Hearts, Habs, Rangers, Aberdeen, Celtic, whatever. This is us as a nation going to represent. You don't, I don't, I, I read the Spanish press quite a lot. I don't see Spain basically slating Scotland in any day. I don't pick up. I don't pick up El País and say Key and say Kienes, which is basically who. Like, who is it? Like, do you know, like the way that England have basically said, or oh, who are they? Do you know what I mean? Or 
I, I don't see I don't see that in the Spanish in the Spanish press or the French press. So I don't know what gives England the God given right. And it's not only Scotland have done this to the past, by the way. That's why it always feels so much better when they get knocked out off of someone because they never write themselves up to get knocked out off of someone. They I'll never, never forget themselves... Iceland. I will never oh. forget Iceland. Um, them getting knocked out of the Euros in 2016 off of Iceland was superb, honestly. Uh, and then Croatia, again, knocking them out. Brilliant. It's just something you, you love to see. Um, obviously, sadly, we won't be, be doing any sort of Euro content over the summer, which is which is a shame because knowing my luck, uh, Scotland will end up getting out of the groups and, and going quite far. And it'll just be typical when I'm not able to, to do a podcast. Listen, guys. Thanks very much for for coming on today. You you both have the the esteemed pleasure of being the the last guests on the show for the twenty twenty one season. Um, I hope everyone's enjoyed the podcast. Uh, since we we started back in January. Um, when we start in August, we will be doing a full season, so we will have August till till May rather than January until May. But thanks to every single person that's stuck by the pod, that's followed, subscribed, liked, commented reviewed whatever uh called adam a ranger sympathizing hearts fan it, it's all brilliant we, we, we all love it and um yeah thank you and if you haven't already done so just follow us on twitter at the stefano talks and if you're listening to this for the first time then hit that like button or that subscribe button or that follow button and uh help a guy out but listen guys thanks very much once again all right